Hey, Garrett. Yes, Bucca? I don't like myself sometimes. Can you help me? You know? Nah. <laughs> uh, typical know yourself, man. know your worth, Boca. If you don't like you, who is anyone else supposed to? Oh, that's not great. Hi, I'm Boca. And I'm trying my best. Welcome to the Bromance Podcast. Has two dudes talking about romantic comedies because love is dead, movies are real, and Adam Sandler can get it done when he puts his back into it, okay? Right? Ugh. Yeah, kind of. No, this. Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. Um... Happy Gilmore. Oh, as an actor. Yeah, I thought you meant like his character like got a lot of things done in this movie. Oh, no, no. That man accomplished very little. Um, there we go. Yeah, but Adam Sandler is an actor. When he puts his effort in, yeah. some good shit happens, you know? Rain Over Me, that was really good. That was good. Yeah, yeah. But what movie are we talking about today? We are talking about Punch Drunk Love, a.k.a. Emotional Uncut Gems or Rom-Com oh. Uncut Gems. Rom-com uncut gems, punch drunk love, 2002 romantic comedy drama, etc. Uh, directed by PTA Paul Thomas Anderson. Do you have a favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie? I don't. I can't even name another one. I am an uncultured swine. But you love movies. I do, but I just he's. I don't know. It's like, is he the one that always uh, likes everything to look cutesy and like it's in like uh, who's that? Wes you know Anderson. There we go. That's who I'm thinking of. Wrong, Anderson. No relation. Uh, no, the, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. He did Boogie Nights, Magnolia, this movie, Punch Drunk Love, There Will Be Blood, The Master. Oh yeah. Inherent Vice, which I love and nobody else seems to. Phantom Thread and Licorice Pizza. I've so, only seen of that entire list. There will be a blood, but that shit slapped. There will be blood. Is really good. You know, I abandoned my boy. Type shit. Yeah. Don't you abandon your boy? Everyone, everyone's been there. Oh yeah. Well, I love to just get a boy and then abandon him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great friend Garrett is, ladies and mm-hmm. gentlemen. Yeah. Have you had you seen this movie before? No, I haven't. I hadn't even really like I've heard the name Punch Drunk Love as a movie, but I didn't know yeah. it had Adam Sandler. I didn't know any what fuck it could have been fucking anything. And you could have said this is Punch Drunk Love and I would have gone, okay. Yeah, see this is one this is one of my picks uh for the season. And I chose it just because like, oh, I had heard of it. I mean, that was kind of the goal for this podcast, like movies that I'd heard of. Yeah. Or rom-coms that I heard of. I was like, and especially if I know it's supposed to be good, I'm like, let's yeah. do that. Yeah, see? You know, my whole thesis of this podcast is easier to produce if the movie doesn't suck ass. I still love an occasional Jesus Christ, what the fuck. The problem is you have to I, – I've gotten in a bad habit of picking movies that I just assume are going to be dog shit but I've never actually seen versus movies that I've seen that just are dog shit. Because sometimes it's funny dog shit where we have a lot to go off of. And other yeah. times, it's Shallow Hell. <laughs> we had a lot to say about Shallow Hell, but still, just the act of forcing my body to sit through that was miserable. Mind mm-hmm. you, this was hard in a different way. Because like you said, this is like emotional uncut gems. This movie is stressful sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. it's like dumb stress. It's like if it's like if Anchorman took itself a bit more seriously and was written a little bit better. Like It's like uh, Steve Carell's character in Anchorman and the receptionist mm. that he falls in love with, if they had a movie that was also kind of the premise of Uncut Gems. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I'm, I'm lost in the tangled web of your metaphor, Garrett, but. Well, I'll, two I'll idiots, you know, ratcheting up the fucking tension. Neither, neither party in this movie is an idiot. Are they though? No, I mean, he's not dumb. He's He's upset. He's angry and depressed and like re- re- repressed and depressed, right? And yeah. she's just—we don't know too much unhinged. about her, frankly. Yeah. Based on their pillow talk alone, she's right there with him on Unhinged Island. I think she was just trying to catch his wavelength. I don't know if she's necessarily there. She's just like, "Oh, you're okay. so cute. I can eat you up." And he's like, "I want to smash your face with a sledgehammer." It's like, I'd be afraid of violence with this man. Yeah, I want to take your brain matter, whip it up with egg whites, and turn it into meringue. It's like, okay, well, you know. I don't need meat egg. Anyway, all right. So the, egg. Some people don't eat. My brother doesn't yeah, eat eggs. Fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Adam Sandler plays a bachelor uh, who owns a company that sells, like, novelty toilet plungers and shit. They sell shit. He's 2002's version of Wish. If you just want cheap, disposable horse shit that's taggy, Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah. So they sell that stuff, Um, and he and he has a blue suit that he bought because he thought it would make him 
I don't know if he thought it would make him happier or if he thought it would make him like more adult or something. He thought it would change his life if he changed your wardrobe. And yeah, that's your your mileage may vary on such attempts. But Garrett, I have an important question for you. Oh fuck. Yeah, buddy. You know what the fuck it is. What's that name? Oh well, I've really gotten bad at what's that name since we've been on a break. I because I don't even I forgot about the mind palace. I don't remember names anymore. Fuck. Yeah. God damn it, Rachel. Um uh man i have nothing nothing you don't you don't even want a shot in the dark i'll go with like uh is it a j name no fuck (laughs) i don't know david that's your final answer it's a generic white man's name yes i'm going with david lock it in adam sandler and punch drunk love if it's adam i jump off the roof is Barry Egan. It's not Adam. Oh, it is Barry Egan. Fuck, he says it like 50 times. Yeah, they said his name a lot. I was very disappointed in you right here, Garrett. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. So Barry Egan, he owns the, he owns the junk store. He owns 2002's version of Wish. Um, and in his personal life, he comes from a family with seven overbearing sisters who, not to oversimplify things, but definitely in the scope of this film, I blame them. Yep, they body the I, shit out of him and are like, oh, he's a little like, you know, could use some support in the wor- world and or is just, you know, uh, might have like some sort of learning disability of some kind. Let's call him gay over and over and over again until he breaks shit because it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's just like like at the start of this film, he's trying to sell stuff because he sells stuff and, and in his warehouse, whatever, get orders. And like he gets phone calls like, hey, it's your sister. Are you coming to the party tonight? You better fucking come to the party tonight. You better not flake. Why would you ever flake? It's not as if we don't. Head and peck you to homicidal rage. Click another sister calls, another sister calls, another sister calls. I'm like, you all are the problem. The movie doesn't have the time to unpack it, but I was like, God, y'all are. He's if he worked at a post office, he would have gone postal. Yeah, he would have, but he doesn't, so it's not like a word for it. I will say, Adam Sandler likes this character because he's played this in a lot of other movies, which is just like guy trying not to commit homicide at any moment who's just full of rage and loves a good screaming moment. And it's mm-hmm. just like Happy Gilmore, uh, the daddy movie with a bad daddy or bad father. Uh, Big that? Daddy? There it is. Maybe, yeah. Big anger Daddy, management. anger management. Uh, kind yeah. of like, what's the one where he's has cancer? Uh, oh, the where he's a comedian? Funny People? Mm-hmm. He has a version of that in that, but it's a little bit more grounded. Yeah. Um, maybe he just is that guy. Like, I is don't he just know. like always mad in his personal life, and this is his outlet for screaming. I'm not sure. I would hope not. That's that's uh, a little stressful. And plus, yeah, I, I mean, who has seen an Adam Sandler movie created after the year like 2012? So I don't know what he's doing in all these like. Can we talk get, about it? How he just takes Kevin James on vacation. And David Spade. The only way that David Spade and um, Rob Schneider Rob Schneider get to live indoors is because Adam Sandler has them on payroll. Particularly Rob. Friend. Yeah. Um, but like Adam Sandler isn't funny. And hasn't Whoa. been since SNL. And I think we need to talk about it because he sucks. I'm sure he's raised a person. He's very successful as a businessman. He's done things yeah. in life that I'll never accomplish. But he sucks. Oh, so his comedy is Eminem. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, you like whoa, new Eminem? Whoa, whoa. No, Eminem had three good albums. New Eminem sucks. I don't want to listen to a 50-year-old man brag about his childhood. Or Early brag, Adam sorry, Sandler complain. had several good movies. And current Adam Sandler sucks. Same idea. Yeah, but, like, I don't think he had that many good... Like, that's the thing. Even when people are like, oh, but, like, this movie. Like, Happy Gilmore. I'm like, nah. Like, even, it's still, like, even his, like, hits are misses. So, I mean, that's more a personal taste, and that doesn't mean the movies aren't good. For example, I hate horror, but I can acknowledge that, like, oh, Blair Witch Project is probably, like, good, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love comedy. I just have yet to see Adam Sandler produce it. All right, going, going to Wikipedia, sorting um, okay. uh, Adam Sandler's top films. Um, Uncut Gems. That was uh, good. Top five, I think he just had a cameo in there. Um, the Meyerowitz stories, new and selected. I saw, I, I didn't finish it, but I started it. Uh, that was good. Punch Truck Love, that's where we are. Rain Over Me, you already mentioned. Yep. Um, and then, I mean, mo- movies are scored more strictly than uh, other um, things. 
But like his career average is a 39 out of 100 on Metacritic. See, that's the thing. All of his best movies are when he's being a serious actor because he's he has serious acting chops because he's yeah. not like there there's a there, there's your Robin Williams and your Jim Carrey's where it's like they're legitimately funny and they can be dramatic. I don't think like again outside of SNL, I don't think he's funny. I think he's just dramatic. And even in his comedy roles, he always kind of has this like dr- dramatic like anger issue underlying rage shit. It's just like if you give him like serious material, he shines. If you try to make him like tell any semblance of a joke i just want to immediately kevin james myself wait what does it mean to kevin james yourself oh when you uh reincarnated as kevin james and you have the uh instinct to just end it immediately that's not a thing you can you're making fetch happen right now nobody else in the history of human speech has said that that they're gonna kevin james themselves yeah kevin james i haven't heard that okay you're making as of today it's a thing did did your father invent toaster strudel too Hell yeah, and post-its. Okay, so... Oh, we need uh, that movie. Oh, fuck. Why didn't I add that? Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. Shit. I've never seen it. Is it a rom-com? Oh, I might swap out one of my movies. Stand by. We already have a thing on Instagram. It's the last season, Boca. How am I supposed to watch this movie with you if it's the last season? It's, is it a rom-com? Yes. Yeah, you had someone there that were like, I'm not sure if these are rom-coms. I had a, the Wes Anderson one. Yeah, no, fucking Friends Dispatch. Is that, I, I, is that a rom-com? It's it. I I looked up rom coms by genre and it was in there. Anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. This Oops. movie. Where are the this, fuck are we? We're we're at the very beginning. Uh, oh, yeah. No. He has he has seven sisters. They're horrendous. They're all like, you better come to your sister's birthday party tonight. You better come to your sister's birthday party tonight. As if they don't understand why he might not want to, because they're awful. He comes through the door and like he can hear them talking. Like mm. remember how Bear used to get so mad because we'd all call him gay boy, and, like he as if he was gay, and then he would cry and he threw a hammer through the screen door. So he comes through the door and that's what he's greeted with. And they're acting like not even like they're talking shit. Like, oh yeah, Barry, hey, we we're just talking about you. Remember how he used to get upset because we would harass you? And I was like, my blood pressure is rising watching this. I'm a pop blood vessel. Yeah. Fuck those people. I've known those type of people. I hate those type of people. Yeah. And meanwhile, also at that party, one of his many sisters was like, oh, I'm going to bring a friend from work for you to like meet or whatever at, to the to this party. He's like, don't fucking do that, which makes perfect sense. I'm not trying to holler at anybody in front of my family. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I mean, I uh, would, but I know it would be weird. Yeah, yeah. For the... <laughs> Have you? Hollered at someone in front of my family? Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. Hey, uh, what? No, just the idea of doing I so. I gotta else. let them know they're gene pools in good hands. I'm like the Allstate of, uh, of reproduction. Everyone has it. Uh, yeah, and so... <laughs> you did this hey, to yourself, yeah. Garrett. All right, so, uh, Barry is quietly trying not to explode and then he explodes and history repeats itself as he smashes the uh the screen doors he just straight up breaks all the glass doors in the house or in the living room yeah yeah i think it was facing outside so that's probably Mm -hmm. what that was and i was like god damn that's either cheap glass or strong fist um so go and so like after his outburst he's talking to one of his many brothers-in-law he's like yo you're a doctor right and the guy's like, well, I'm a dentist. And he's like, do you, do you know any therapists or whatever? I I, I kind of hate myself and cry all the time. And then he starts crying. I was like, God damn. This is. Dude, he uh, is weird as fuck, though. The thi- Wait. Adam Sandler in this movie is playing someone that is genuinely like a scary human being. Like, imagine just like being in an office working environment with this man. True. Like, this is not a regular human being that you would want to be in close proximity to for long periods of time. Well, you know what? We never see him lose it at work related to work stuff. At work, he's perhaps the most – his family is his trigger, largely. Yeah, and, like, the outside world at large. But also, his job is kind of asinine, so, like, there's not a whole lot of, like, stresses in the dice-handled toilet bowl cleaner or or plunger (laughs) fucking genre. Yeah, it tends to be quiet. Uh, So, meanwhile, he – you know, there's other shit in this movie that happens that has nothing to do with the plot directly, but it's just like, 
huh, what is this motif representing? Uh, the eyes of Dr. T.J. Eckelberg in this bitch. Like, so somebody at the start of the movie, some fucking van like speeds, drops off a small, not piano, piano thing that speeds off. And, like it's present the whole time. Like, what the fuck is this supposed to mean, bro? This whole this- movie is just like a high school, like a book you had to read in high school and then be like, the <laughs> piano represents the working class. And it you're clearly just, like, represents your own something. Supply. I mean, it do- it does, I or it doesn't, you know? What do you think it represents? I think it represents uh, them being like, wouldn't it be cool if there was like just a random tchotchke that he's obsessed with in this movie and we'll just make people spend years of their life wondering what it means? That's what I think it means. You refuse to engage with it. I refuse to engage with the tiny piano, which, by the way, I was the only time I ever thought about the tiny piano is when he's running in the hallway later in the movie. And I was like, there's nothing in that piano. Like, this thing is ply- – the actual prop itself has to be made oh, of it's foam. Light. Man yeah. is sprinting with this thing. I mean, to, more power to him. I don't know what the piano represents, but, you know, it's a man with, like, no hobbies, no art on the wall in his pathetic-ass uh, Sherman Oaks apartment. Uh, and, like, at least playing with this thing, repairing it, building it, eventually, like, futzing around and playing it. It's like, oh, it's – both representing his self-repair and something. I don't know. You seem bored. <laughs> no, it's like, I, yeah, I don't know. I just see this whole, uh, I, this movie was really well made and it really held my attention. It was just a little, I don't want to call it pretentious because that makes it feel like it like had something. I don't know. It's just a little, eh, like, that's not a really good way of like describing a film. I get that. I'm not like Ebert and Robert up in this bitch, but like it's, um, you know, you say? it thinks here's what it is. It thinks it's doing something. And I don't think it's doing anything. You th- Oh, you didn't like it. Ah, it was fine. I mean, this isn't my favorite. This did not crack my top 10. And I think also knowing the name of the man behind this gave it some more juice in my brain. Although at this time, yeah, Punch Drunk Love came out in 2002. Before this, uh, PTA, he'd done Hard Eight, which nobody has seen. Uh, Boogie Nights, which is fucking great. I need to rewatch it. Magnolia, which sucked. Um, at this point, I've seen all of his movies, but Phantom Thread and Hard Eight. I need to watch Phantom Thread. Wait, you, how was Licorice Pizza? I heard it was great. Oh, my God. Talking about, like, what the fuck's the point? Licorice Pizza, because at least this, you know, at least Punch Drunk Love was 95 minutes. Licorice yeah. Pizza was... Like two and a half hours. How long was Jesus this thing total? Christ. 134 minutes. Um, it was like a, a, semi, a series of vignettes, kind of. And I was like, man, I need I need a Chosky because you know at least in a rom com, I know what we're working towards. Liquor's Pizza didn't work towards anything, and there's romance at the center of it, but it's kind of uh, inappropriate, frankly. Like the woman's twenty-five. But at least they brought. 15. It was cool that they had a uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in this one, and then they brought back his son to do Liquor's Pizza. Oh, because uh, PTA worked with Philip Seymour Hoffman on so many things. Like, mm-hmm. I think he was in Magnolia. He was in Boogie Nights. Uh, can't rem- yes, of course, Central and the Master. Mm, can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember Inherent Vice. Um, anyway, uh, Adam Sandler meets a woman. Adam Sandler's character, Barry Egan, meets a woman. Sister's friend from work. Uh, it's this woman named blank. Garrett. Oh, fuck. What's that name? Oh, no. The worst part about this, I literally just got done watching the movie before we recorded this. I'm saying that's I'm I'm almost impressed by the the sieve that is your mind. I know I am just not about not on it right now. I will yeah. bring back the mind palace for next episode because I'll be prepped. Yeah, you know, it's um, coming. I don't know. Kathy. <laughs> Lena. Her <laughs> oh, name is oh, Lena. Look at that. Yeah. So uh, Barry and Lena, at first, Barry's not going to do anything about Lena. He's just like, I don't know, A, he can't hit on anybody, period. B, he can't hit on somebody in front of his sister. Like, even he's afraid, like, are you doing this to mess with me? Yeah, he's a prank. Yeah, he's he's like a a seasoned member of Jackass. Like, anything that's new in his life is like, is this going to punch me in the nuts? But emotionally? Yeah. Um, So eventually, Lena just comes back. This is the part that I find completely unbelievable all right fine the sister tries to set it up so they can all go to breakfast or something together barry doesn't bite because he's uncomfortable and he's shy mm-hmm. so lena turns around and is like hey do you want to take me out do, and barry's like yes uh do you want to pick me up 
He's like, yes. Uh, do you want me to write down my phone number and address? Yes. And it's like, okay, that, uh, that's not going to happen to Barry. Yeah. I, whenever it's like the down bad guy in one of these rom-coms and the woman is like overly into him, I'm like, what is deeply like broken within you? That like this is the guy that we're gonna chase and like proactively dig out of his hole to pursue you, because mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, this is the least stable human being that we've had in a movie. I think that we've watched. Well, she doesn't know that yet, but still, she's at least obviously shy. Yeah. I don't know that a crocodile is gonna bite my head off, but like, I get a sense. There, <laughs> you can see teeth is what you can see. Yeah. Um, yeah, at the same time as his thing with Lena begins, like, I, I think um, he, he never got a hold of a therapist, which, you know, he tr- he didn't try well. He could have just cracked open a phone book. But it's like, OK, asked brother-in-law for a therapist. Instead, he also calls like a phone sex uh, hotline. Mm. And that was terrible. I have never I was just talking about this the other night. So it's funny timing. But it was like an ad on TV. Um, because we were watching cable because it was 1998 last night. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like, you know, one of those things where it's like, hot, sexy women waiting to talk to you. And I'm just like, how horny do you have to be? Mm-hmm. And also unaware of the internet that you are going to call a phone sex hotline of someone that's like in a call center or like maybe they're working from home and they're like, you know, arguably going to say probably not visually what you're uh, – thinking and they're very much not into you and they're just doing this breathy voice on the phone while you masturbate i couldn't it would the, the level of cringe the level of cringe it would kill me yeah no it, it makes zero sense in 2022 maybe before the high-speed internet maybe then but like maybe. in a world like in a world because the whole thing you know about phone sex lines is like oh man it's going to get expensive if i'm on the phone for more than like it's already going to cost you much like two bucks a minute it's 60 bucks exactly versus you could take 60 dollars go to onlyfans.whatever yeah um, you sponsor the pod and just like pay for a subscription more content see the see the other human being and dm them and they'll probably respond especially if it's like a an indie creator you know somebody why do you have this is oddly specific what 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 how many OnlyFans accounts how many people are we putting through college bokeh Listen, I try to support the arts, okay? You know, <laughs> sex or issue. <laughs> Somewhere Boca has know. an eight and a half by 11 with just the feet shots from every Quentin Tarantino oh, movie. Oh, God. <laughs> I literally just saw this TikTok. It was like, boob guy, butt guy. And then, like, somebody kicks open the door and it's like, feet guy. And everyone's like, no! Yep. No one wants to be the foot guy. Nobody wants to be the foot guy. You know, no we're going to take a quick commercial break. I got to go curate and sort these feet picks. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the second half of Punch Drunk Love. And we're back. Garrett looked at feet picks on the internet that I sent him via WhatsApp. And now we're ready to discuss the second half of Punch Drunk Love. How are you feeling, Garrett? Like I'm not going to Venmo you for the picks. Wow. I know. Fake They're friends. mine now. <laughs> you ask for the money, then you WhatsApp the feed picks. You don't just WhatsApp the feed picks. That's a rookie move. Bush League shit. Speaking of asking for money, uh, after Barry, for, he's talking to the phone sex operator, and I, I don't, I don't, it wasn't clear if he ever engaged in the sex part of the phone sex operator versus just wanting somebody to talk to. No, he jerked off. Oh, at the very end, he did. Yeah, because she's like, she's kind of getting weirded out of him just being like, let's just talk and have a conversation. And so she's like, whip out your penis, please. And then he's like, <laughs> okay, because he just does whatever the world tells him. And she's like, start masturbating. And he's like, okay. He frequently, when somebody asks him a direct question, his answer is so often, I don't know. Like, did did you ever read uh, The Stranger in high school? E- what was that about? Uh, that was about the guy in like, was it French Algeria or somewhere like between like France and like Northern you Africa? You already lost like, me. No, did not. Okay. <laughs> I will say I wasn't a big read the book guy in high school or college or middle school or elementary school. I was a big read the back no, of the book what? guy. And then a big do the essay and extrapolate from the back of the book guy. Garrett, I'm shocked, I must tell you. I know. With my preparation, as great as it is for both this podcast and all of life, it is amazing to believe that I would phone it in. Anywho, it reminds me of that. The Stranger, it's about this guy who kind of just kills somebody 
Uh, yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought that would have got your fucking attention. Uh, and he like he he doesn't have an answer why. He's he's going through life, going through the motions, and that kind of reminds you of Barry. Because like you're asking like why did you grab the third the not piano piano? His answer yeah. is going to be like I, he could have said I thought it was cool looking or oh, maybe yeah. it has value. I wanted to put together. He's like I don't know. Or like why are you wearing the blue suit? I don't know. Or I think he had an answer one time. But anyway, I think he just has crippling low self esteem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he knows. Tragic. I mean, he, just fucking answer a question about the piano thing anyway. That's, like, so not about you that you can just answer. Um, he has phone sex. Fine. He When, when she asked for the social security numbers, like, oh, they're just going to steal your identity, sir. She's That's, like, we needed to validate your credit card. I'm like, nah, I'm like, These, I, this guy is the guy that is yeah. trying to renew his auto insurance. <laughs> Mind you, I wasn't calling phone sex hotlines in 2002 because I was seven. But if you have to say it, you 100% were. Seven-year-old Boca was calling phone sex hotlines in sweet Dallas, Texas. Okay. Um, Everything's yeah, bigger in Dallas. <laughs> including the phone sex hotline bills. Oi. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, like, the, the, the phone sex operator calls me the next day, and it's like, uh, hey, I know your whole life because you told it to me. Um, and so I need help. Give me $150. And he's like, no, I can't do that. And like looking at his surroundings, that seems pretty real that he can't. His apartment sucks. I guess his whole life sucks. His whole life sucks. It's very tragic. Um, but also the fact that she's like, but you, you said you're a business owner. You can afford $750. You have, she really goes off a lot uh, based off of this. He says he owns his own business thing, thinking that he's rich. And then also very Midwest saying that like $750 is like, that's the big money. Like, it's like this weird level of like, you do realize this is a sad schmuck calling you in the wee hours of the morning on a phone sex line. So like, Mm -hmm. maybe we don't really take him at face value at most of the things that he's saying. Well, the other thing is too, I mean, if you're holding somebody hostage, you got a hostage, you're you're trying to blackmail them, like ask for something that they can actually provide, right? So if if somebody puts a gun on his head and says, Give Boca, give me one million dollars. I'm like, bitch, just shoot me because I don't have it. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Versus like seven hundred fifty dollars, I'd be unhappy, but I could give you two hundred fifty dollars. So that's the difference. Right. Yeah. So that that's happening. And then the third thing we haven't gotten into yet, and this is another one of like, man, he's just going through the motions in life. And we're not entirely understanding his personal motivations. The pudding. The pudding. This is genius. The pudding, yeah. the pudding is genius. He has pallets and pallets and pallets of Healthy Choice pudding, which I have to say, Healthy Choice products in general, they fuck. And if you aren't, uh, I don't know about the frozen meals, they're whatever, they're probably mediocre. But the snack, oh no, that's Snack Wells. Fuck. Fuck. Company. No free ads, Garrett. Well, they're both, they have the green packaging with white text. I'm going to continue my first thought. I don't give a shit. Go to the supermarket immediately, get Snackwell cream-filled cookies or the Devil's Food Cake cookies. Eat the entire box and thank me later. With that being said, Healthy Choice Pudding Cups apparently are running a promo where, like, you buy a pack of them and you get 500 free miles on American Airlines, which is psychotic um, and would make no sense because for $1.25 or whatever, you should not be able to get 500 free miles on an airline, and there's no upward limit on how many of them you can fucking buy. But whatever, let's go ahead and live in this world. So Adam Sandler's, like, brilliant, which is actually kind of brilliant, uh, like, scheme here is to, like, arbitrage a system because you have a, a uh, barcode on one of the pudding cups that is the only way you can ring up the whole pack of pudding cups. So when you go to ring it up, it rings it up as 25 cents because they're 25 cents a pudding cup. So he spends $3,000 <laughs> buying thousands and thousands and thousands of pudding cups and racking up over a million airline miles. So that way he never has to pay for travel again, despite the fact that he's never traveled anywhere. Well, I mean, there's two things to it. We're asking like, oh, there's no way this could happen. Like that subplot was inspired by this real life man uh, named David Phillips, who was a University of California civil engineer. Uh, he stumbled upon like lucrative frequent fire mile promotion. So he purchased uh, 12,150 cups of pudding for $3,000 and he accumulated accrued 1.25 million air miles. That was a real fucking story. It was a real story. And also, I mean, this movie, it came out 2002. I don't know when they started production, but I can imagine, I can envision airlines doing additional promotions. Oh, right after 9-11. After 9-11 to get people flying yeah. again. Yeah. 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 So it, it, it not anymore. I mean, 
but it could it could happen. It did happen, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Yeah. So he goes out with Lena. They go to a, a restaurant. Um, and Lena sits. He's sitting, embarrassing down with Lena. Lena's like, "Yeah, your sister's telling me the story about how, like, as a kid, you threw a thing, a hammer through a sliding glass window." It's like, "Fairy sister, you blank, 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 blank." Nah, she's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> If you're trying to set Barry up with somebody, why tell that story first and foremost? They really don't realize how terrible they are to him. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, their entire existence is just to belittle the fuck out of this dude. And he's yeah. already, like, not exactly been dealt the greatest hand in life to begin with, so that's really not needed. Yeah, and so he doesn't really deal with this well. Um, he he says, will you excuse me for a second, goes into the bathroom of the restaurant and just destroys it. He... Yeah. It looked like a John Wick fight took place in there. Okay, thank God. Thank you for saying it. This entire movie in my head, I had his name as John Dick because he's a huge dick to fucking everyone, but he also has like the psychotic ability to beat the shit out of anything and everything that comes in his path, a la John Dick. He is oh. John Dick. Oh, you think he's a dick to everyone? Yes. Elaborate. Like, I life has been hard to him, yes, but he also is like kind of needlessly off-putting in a lot of situations because he's just like the way he handles people isn't necessarily great i'm sure it's like a learned habit based on like a coping mechanism from his childhood but just on face value it's like having conversations with this person isn't necessarily like something i would want to do yeah oh i mean i I still wouldn't describe him as a dick neither you know despite us being wildly different people one thing we have in common is like i don't we we can say words well. We we yeah. do talk good, and so it's like I often don't have any empathy for people who don't communicate well. But like yeah. to this level, I saw I saw somebody in like a user review of this uh, film. They're like, "Yo, this is a the best movie about autism that I've ever seen." Asterisk. This is a random person on fucking Letterbox. What do they know? And blah. but it's like, oh, somebody somewhere felt that. And it's like, oh, is this is this what the, that that level of difficulty? that he has mm-hmm. that he feels in just trying to get how he feels across to the wider world and the level of internal frustration. Maybe, maybe that's what it's like. I truly know nothing. Um, I would have so gone Asperger's I, over autism. I, I mean, despite me being a big old ER fan, it's like, I'm, I, I, I'll admit it. I'm not a doctor. Whoa, 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 whoa. You take that back immediately. <laughs> Where that time I diagnosed something else, right? Yeah. That was crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, ah, whatever, either or some sort of a spectrum thing where like communicating stuff sucks. That's that's yeah. the official medical way to phrase it. What I just yeah. did. Uh, so fine. He goes in the bathroom, smashes that bitch up. And then the guy, uh, Mater D, waiter, owner, host, mm-hmm. he's like, waiter D. Um, yeah. He's mm. like, excuse me, sir. Did you just smash up that bathroom? And he's like, no. And he's like. But you went in there and then you came out and not smashed. And he's like, but I didn't. Whatever. He's he's back. And his hands corner. bleeding. Did you see the scar on his hand from when he How? beat the shit out of it? No. What was it? It says love on his fist. Ah. And it was like one scene where he's like stroking the piano when he gets back in his office. And I like had paused the movie to go to Taco Bell because I'm a fat piece of shit. Oh. And um, it straight up was like L-O-V-E. And I was like, punch, drug, love. Get it? There you go. See, these are the things an English teacher would appreciate, Garrett. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's why I never read the book. I just picked up on all the symbolism and then went off on the symbolism for 14 pages. Yo, shout out English teachers. Like, on average, probably the coolest and chillest of the big four between science, history, math, The big four! The big four. The the, the core four, right? Like, the the subjects everyone has to take no matter what. I I just love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. English teachers, by and large, are the best. Okay, I like history yeah. teachers. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which side were you rooting for? Sorry, that's well, that's a joke for our other friend when it comes yeah, to it to war. All right, so Lena, just despite be, being having to leave the restaurant, it's obvious he did something. She still yeah. likes him, and she's talking that's about psychotic him. behavior. I'm sorry, but at a certain point, this is one of those. This the way this would go in real life is she's never seen again at some point, mm-hmm. and then they're like. We had no way of knowing. It's like, no, she had a way of knowing. It's he beats the shit out of the bathroom to the point where his fists are bleeding and then is kicked out of the restaurant. You go, okay, sweetie, let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the, the, the night moves on and they end up back at, at her place. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll head out 
nice. Uh, me and you had a great time. Uh, goes for like a hug, kiss the cheek, whatever. As he's exiting the building, he gets a phone call at the front desk, and it's like, oh, I guess she knows the front desk phone number. I was hoping to catch him. Whatever. It's 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 cool. It's like it's the rule of cool. Fuck it, making perfect sense. It was just like an interesting way yeah, to yeah. do it. Plus, they didn't have not everybody had cell phones in two thousand two. Yeah. Um, so she's like, I wanted to kiss you just then. Uh, so he hangs up and starts start sprinting up and down her apartment complex, uh, trying to find her. Eventually does. Um, mm-hmm. They kiss. And then he's like, also, I don't freak out a lot. Again, this is him never saying the right thing at the no. right time. Also, if to say I don't freak out a lot, that's when you know you freak out a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, sir, nobody asked you. Yeah. Like, I, I, just wanted, I just want to let the record show that I don't freak out a lot. And then all you write down is he freaks out a lot for sure. Yeah. Like, I've right. never put a dill pickle in my ass. If you have to say that randomly, dill mm-hmm. pickles exclusively in your ass. Unprompted. Yeah. Yeah. And so he gets back to his place, or he's about to, rather. I think he's trying to take out the trash or something. He gets abducted because uh, the phone sex person in Utah um, worked with her, not pimp, but kind of pimp person, to be like, yo, this fucker won't give me the money. You're not entitled to anything. You still, whatever, charge them for the regular phone sex and move on to the next person you ask. Also, it's weird that they're like, they travel from the Midwest to go kidnap him to get $500. And it had to have been more expensive to do that than it was to just get the $500. Also, like, they have his social security number and credit Mm -hmm. card information. You can just fucking get the money. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my exact point. So it was like, oh, the uh, phone sex operator was like, I want $750. He says no, because he shouldn't. Uh, So she works with, uh, she gets four guys to go from Utah to the Valley um, to then harass him. It's like, okay, oh, well, they only got five to, they drag his ass to an ATM. He withdraws $500, passes it over. Okay, it's not worth our trip so far. What are you going to do? Be there every day for like a week? It's like, but you still have to pay for your food and gas, and it's four of you. This is not cost effective. It isn't. They're, but they're not very intelligent due to the fucking each other, probably. <laughs> I don't know where you got that part, but. Um, Just the whole, they had big, we all fuck each other energy. Would you like to elaborate? Um, I don't trust four half-clothed men with mullets from Utah. I mean, you 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 had me at I don't trust four men from Utah, frankly. Uh, so I guess I'm partially with you. So uh, he's dealing with all that, and Lena's going to Hawaii for a work thing. He has all these pudding cups, and he's like, oh, fuck, let me just go to Hawaii. Now, he runs into an issue because the pudding cup people are telling him, like, it takes six to eight weeks to get the points or whatever. It's the, it's before the internet, I guess. Fine. But he's – I'd be pissed off, too, especially because he's trying to run away from assholes. Yeah. And he's he's got pudding money. Yeah. But he's, he's just fucking just buys a plane ticket. And he's like, I'll, ha- I'll have points later. Um, so he, he decides to follow Lena to Hawaii, which it's a Seems lot after mentally one stable. Yeah, yeah. Listen, this is the this he's he he's on deal or no deal. He's closed the box. He said, I don't want to lock this shit in. Um, this woman wants me bad, so I'm going to be with her. So he so they they see each other. She's she loves him. Ugh. Yeah, this is really yeah. fucking weird because he's really fucking weird. But again, it is Steve Carell's character in Anchorman and the uh, one chick that he falls in love with who's equally as weird. Just being fucking weird. Like, you she's know, you, weird, too. By the way, you keep referring to that. I have zero recollection of that subplot in Anchorman. Wait, really? I, I, I know Brick. I know that's Steve Crow's character. Okay. Yeah, Brick. It's yeah, in Anchorman, too. Brick. Oh, I watched you know, the sequel once. Who remembers oh, the sequel? Oh, it's so good. But they're, like, the in the office space, that. and they're just saying, like, weird pickup lines that are so creepy that no one else would say, where it's just, like, your hair reminds me of popcorn. And she's like, I want to pick off your fingernails and eat them. Like, it's just like weird, disgusting, horrible shit. But like, it's a you know, frequency that they're both able to pick up on. Mm. And uh, that's like this right thing. for each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or something. Yeah. But or anyway, uh, Barry Egan has sex, possibly for the first time in his life. Good for 100% you. 100% for the first time in his life. Though that so fucking the- foreplay talk of being like, I just want to smash your skull in. 
and she's like i just want to you know sandpaper your face off like it's just so, like she uh, he she says something like oh you're so cute i could eat you up oh, and yeah. then he's like i, I look at your face and i just want to smash it but not in a I hate you way but I'm into you but it's like that's the energy you're giving she's like okay I guess that's how we're speaking to each other and she tries to keep it going like pluck his eyeballs out or something or something to that effect and it's like okay um that's that's how we talked but still perhaps they're perfect for each other then perhaps yeah so they make it back to America or Mm. sorry they were in yeah you know what at first it's like oh Hawaii is America but you know what Hawaii ought be sovereign land so it's still america i mean that's true of california new mexico arizona we can play this game you know what let's let's play this game um like land acknowledgement for the podcast like who's 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 uh territory on i I can google that later um that they pull up to his place and get hit by a fucking truck Mm -hmm. uh, run by those four utah boys the incest uh, cousins the incest cousins they're in, in the movie, they're brothers, but whatever. And Barry, he looks at Lena, and she's bleeding from the forehead, and he goes super sad. John Dick is fucking pissed. Yeah. Yeah, so he's like, okay, here we fucking go. Yeah, he, he when he's, he's finally chilling his rage somewhere useful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's like, he beats it, and one of them came out with a crowbar. He said, not yeah. today, Satan. Takes the crowbar and beats the fuck out of him anyway. Parry this, you fucking casual. Smashed the windows in the truck. I mean, not to be violent, but I'm like, I'm surprised he didn't kill him. And I killed them. And in my head, I was like, you know, hit them at least a little bit with that crowbar, you know? Yeah, just a little. Let him know. But then he throws it back into the truck at one of Don't the guys. Don't give it back. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, that was such a flex of like, here you go. Take a weapon. See if you can do yeah. anything. And the guy just doesn't. Yeah, exactly. I want you. I dare you to get the fuck out of that truck and come at me. So fine. Uh, Belina's bleeding from the forehead. They're just in a major car accident. So they go to the hospital. And this is the dumbest thing he does. This is the part the where I was statement? like, you, uh, this might, no. Because everything else. Security number to a sex line. That was fueled by horniness, you know. You got to be able to think with both heads. Yeah. Okay. So this is in the top two of dumbest things he does, yeah. I think. Because everything else is like tied to him being anxious or depressed. Fine. But this was there's too much time there's so much delayed gratification from his actions here that I was like, no, you should have known this was a, not the moment to do this. Yeah. Lena's being seen by a doctor in the ER. Um he inches out of frame and then he kind of just like he he gets a hold of the phone sex operators again. Yeah. And then he just pulls up in Utah. Like obviously time passes, the time elapses. No, but hang on. We're glossing over the single greatest phone call in cinema history yeah. between um, uh, Adam Sandler and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, where it's yeah. just like, because she like, she's obviously the, the lone worker at the phone sex thing. Like it literally is just her thing, but she calls her friend or guy or pimp or whatever uh, to be like the manager because he keeps insisting on speaking to the manager. Mm-hmm. And they have this entire back and forth of just like, godzilla versus kong of just sheer unadulterated testosterone with very few brain cells backing their words and it's fucking hysterical where it's just like fuck you buddy no fuck you ezekiel like it's just like that energy like back and forth for like five minutes and it's fucking unhinged and amazing that was my favorite part of the entire movie yeah and so after yelling fuck you at each other bears like you know what fuck you i'm gonna pull pull up up. and this is the part that kind of didn't suck, but I was like, oh, I was hoping you were going to beat the shit out of somebody because mm-hmm. you got it in you. Yeah. And they deserve to agree with what they've done. Bitch, yeah. they could have killed him. Yeah. They just rammed a truck at him. And all for uh, $500. And also, at that point, should there not have been a police report? Well, I mean, there's still a lot of things that should have happened to this movie, but yeah, that is definitely among them. Yeah, fine. So he pulled up in Utah. He's in the back because they had, they had a front. They had a cover business, like some sort of mattress firm. Fine. He's like, listen, you, you don't understand. I, I, I have a love that gives me more power than you could possibly imagine. I'm like, take it easy, Harry Potter. Uh, but and that's it. They just kind of get out of each other's face. He doesn't even get his money back. His five hundred yeah. that he gave. He doesn't punch like, anybody. Say everything's going to be OK or like say you'll drop it or otherwise I'm going to fucking go super sad. Like he legitimately would have tried. Yeah. He and my, starts the, screaming until his hair turned blonde. Sorry. And the, my last point on this is like he has rights. You could call the police, 
he's embarrassed, but it's like, yeah, call the police. Like, yo, I, I called a phone sex hotline. They tried to blackmail me. Then they assaulted me and robbed me. That's but that least... would take logic. This man has very little of that. Yeah. And I, I get the idea of people being ashamed, so they don't want to say anything. But, like, when it's when it's a crime that you didn't do, or, like, the doctor, just say the truth. Yeah. 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 The truth so will set little... you free. I don't even know about all that, but, like, you know what? At least it takes less time. Uh, right. Yeah. So... Uh, Barry does that, uh, especially, and he, he does that and he comes back home to California and he's like, he goes back to the hospital as if she'd still be there. Sir, it must've been days. Yeah. You're this is the ER. Like we got a fast turnover right here. We, we, we're, we're over here trying to type and cross before we're doing intubations. All she had was some stitches, bro. She was out. If you waited 15 minutes, you could have done this after she got discharged. Yeah. And then he goes, like, running after her with his little stupid piano, which, like, we yeah. still don't know the point of, but he still has. And for some Not reason, it's like, let me go chase the girl, and I need the piano with me. Yeah, yeah. So he goes he goes and chases her. And uh, he he doesn't explain perfectly, but he does his best to explain. He's like, listen, so I called a phone sex hotline, and then I had pudding. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Those are two separate plots in the film, sir. You got No. <laughs> Your your own retelling of this isn't helping, but basically it all it all culminates to sorry 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 won't happen again. Uh, I'm just gonna use my frequent flyer mile points because I will have over a million, and I'm just gonna accompany you on your business trips business trips. Uh, and like yeah, she was upset about being left in the hospital, but uh, they're together now. That's nice. Yep, it was. And boy, is this movie all over the fucking place. He never I would have just loved the pitch meeting for this movie. Would have been fucking hysterical. Because yeah. if you just, like we just did, talk through the plot, it makes not the least... I mean, it makes sense. But you're just like, literally, how the fuck did someone come to this? Yeah. It was really, you know, after Magnolia, which was a success, despite it probably being one of my least favorites of his movies that I've seen, you know, PTA said he wants to work with two actors. He said, I want to work with Daniel Day-Lewis and Adam Sandler. Um, and he's to, to as recently as i've checked he's the only person alive to have done that to done yep. both north that and south sense. pole yeah but it was a mix of like i want to work with adam sandler uh i mean you watch this on hbo max right mm-hmm. yeah so they had a little preamble thing with him talking about the making or did you not get that i skipped it <laughs> <laughs> only read you. the back of the book Oh my god. This is like in Dragon Ball Z, there's like Frieza one day says, wait a second, what if I try? Uh, and then ascends to new heights. Uh, but yeah, Garrett, who did you love? That's a tough, that is a challenging question in this movie. Actually, yeah. The dentist didn't do anything wrong. Um, <laughs> Sound like me. His little friend that like worked at the company. Luis like Guzman? Fine. Yeah. Mm. Uh, oh, and like um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman just killed it because he kills it in fucking everything. So like he yeah. was just great, and he was a good like villain-ish character uh, yeah. for the little amount. Oh, he's he definitely was a villain. In this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's just you don't really like I, the buttfuck cousins were probably the ones that were like the most villainy because you see them the most. Well, they're the goons, but yeah. he's the villain. Like who's the bad guy? Kingpin or the nameless foot soldiers? You know. True. So yeah, Christopher C. Yeah, he fucking killed it. Um, and Philip Seymour Hoffman killed it, and then um, that's really it. I'm sorry, I can't. I there's two people. When we had to watch the Wedding Singer, it almost killed me. Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler are the two people that I just don't want to see in anything ever all the time. Oh, uh, unless it's like very much just well, not Drew Barrymore. That applies to everything. Adam Adam Sandler, if it's like straight up uh, drama, I can do it. This yeah. wasn't one of those instances for me, so it was just like I, eh, I'm good. I'm, I'm like Adam Sandler has some like we already mentioned. You already said rained over me, uncut gems. This I wouldn't couple. put this in there. He has two for me. Oh, you don't think this is good? Oh, you're click. Going I thought this. Click was good. I like uh, Click. It was oddly like it took a dark turn that I was like, ah, there we go. It's so weird. Click is a 45 on uh, Metacritic. I mean, um, critic slaps. Yeah. I mean, it's six. And even then, like, oh, but critics don't know shit. What do the fans say? Only 6.4. Yeah. Yeah. If I sort by user score, that'll be interesting. Um, okay, so yeah, I don't. We didn't. We haven't talked enough about Lena. We haven't said a lot about her. 
Um, but she didn't have a lot going on too much. It's like she we, the little we know about her, she travels a lot for work. Yep. Uh, I think she's British. Um, she's been married, yep. which was interesting, but never really she discussed. She had a boyfriend six months ago. I mean, yeah, yeah, because I'm Sailor's character asked, um, and that's about it, right? Yeah. So it's like I can't even say I love her. She was nice, and it's like, but this man doesn't just need a romantic partner, although that'll be like a new development for him, and he'll grow. It's like you need therapy, sir. Please go to therapy. Yeah. He's not gonna get any of that. He he tried. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, fuck the dentist brother-in-law. When Adam Sandler's oh, like, for Yo, telling everyone. Yeah, can I tell you something in confidence? I'd really like to find a therapist, and you work in doctor. You're technically a doctor. Can you help? Yeah, yeah. Me? Wrong tree to bark up, but like, don't immediately snitch, you asshole. Well, I guess I take back my love of the dentist. It really is just Phillips. I like the enemy in this movie. <laughs> you like the enemy? Yeah. Ugh. So I don't know if I love anybody. Do they last? This is my first. Who gives a shit? Um, but I will go with sure. Why not? No, they don't. There's no way someone to kill someone and eat someone. I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in the back of my mind, not to be grim, I would always be worried about the threat of physical violence from a man like this. Yeah, if she ever pisses him off, there will be hands. Mm. The sequel to There Will Be Blood that has yet to be made. I don't think that movie's going to sequel. It ends with fucking Paul Dano getting a bowling pin to the skull. Yeah, no, the sequel is actually going to have both um, Adam Sandler and what's-his-fuck uh Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, it will be called There Will Be Hands. And it is a sequel to both Punch Drunk Love and There Will Be Blood. You know what, Garrett? If I'll you write you. it, if I you will. write it, I I'll will it. say that I'll read it. There we go. Yeah. I rate this movie on a scale of one to ten. Uh okay, I'm gonna go. I I'm gonna you know what? I'm gonna split up my ratings from now on into two because fuck it. What was the quality of this movie? Eight out of ten. How much did I enjoy this movie? Five and a half out of ten. Mm, that's that's real. Sometimes you can recognize that. Oh, this is very well put together, but it's not yeah. your cup of tea. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I might be like, I'm I myself, I'm probably like a seven seven five, because I'm like, oh, this is artful and what have you. But like, yeah, there are other artful rom coms that I really enjoy. So. Yeah, like if I never saw this movie for the rest of my life, I'd be totally cool with that. Mm, that's so harsh. Yeah, so it was an experience. We learned a lot. Garrett's going to, you know, read The Stranger and learn about, like, uh, what was the fucking Stranger about? Existentialism? Your left hand? Oh, sorry. Zing. That was good. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know what movie we're doing next week, but you can find out if you go to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast Bromance. You can follow me, Twitter, Instagram at Bocalaboca, B-O-K-A-L-A-B-O-C-A. You can find Garrett at an Instagram, GD Balliette, two T's. There it is. And he doesn't tweet. So thank you, everyone, for joining me. Got it.